Today's episode of the Bro You Know podcast is brought to you by the Bro You Know podcast network and soon to be Bro You Know Media. As usual, your hosts Cripple One and Cripple Two. I'm still here. Uh, today's on today's episode, it is basically just a free agency part two. Um, we've I think it's coming to the end of free agency now. How many days left? The whole of next week. So. Uh, but nothing's going to happen next week. About a week, but obviously every, pretty much everyone's been um, yeah. traded or signed. The only major. thing that's going to happen next week is the Chris Paul trade. Which, will we, which we will get into later on. Alright, we're going straight into it. So, um, first topic to talk about is um, the major trade of probably... Uh, Not the major trade, the, the signing. Uh, signing, sorry. Well, trade and signing. And um, signing and trade. Because he... Kawhi is more important than Paul George. Anyway, um, basically, uh, if we didn't hint it enough, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have um, been acquired by the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi has been signed on a two. Well, it was originally a four-year deal. They reneg- he um, renegotiated it, and he's now made it a two-year deal. Um, and Paul George was also traded to um, the Clippers. But that was because, uh, well, Kawhi, the only the only reason why he delayed his decision till, was it Friday or Saturday? Uh, No, no, Friday evening, Saturday morning. Um, Was because they were just finalizing the whole trade for Paul George to go to to the Clippers because he wasn't going to allow him. uh, Well, he didn't want to join the Clippers unless there was another star with him. Basically, what he said to Toronto and basically what he said to the Clippers, he said it to both because um, basically he said to Toronto and the Clippers that if you want me to re-sign with you and and not go to the Lakers or, or sign with you and not go to the Lakers, you have to get Paul George. So that so that's why um, both Toronto and um, and Cli- the Clippers met, made an offer for Paul George. Funnily enough, the um, the deal the deal that Toronto offered um, offered um, Oklahoma was a a trade package of Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, five unprotected picks for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and and one second round pick. That would have been the trade that would have created a big three in um, Toronto. But obviously that didn't happen, Which, but we will get into it uh, later on. Now, uh, it, within the trade, it was... Um, Paul George, um, I think that was it. Only Paul George for um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, the Danilo, uh, Danilo Gallinari, who uh, you said and I think I said uh, at some point that he should have been an All Star. Oh, I um, think every, everyone agrees that um, he should have at least made made the All Star team reserve. I I can honestly make an argument that Danilo Gallinari. Was a more deserving All Star statistically than D'Angelo Russell, statistically. But that doesn't mean by popularity wise, or that doesn't mean by playing style wise. Um, and they also received first uh, five first round uh, picks and uh, a chance to swap dra- uh, draft places in two other years, uh, reported by Woj. Um, 
on Saturday. Now, um, your thoughts on this trade and this whole signing with Kawhi as well. Basically, um, first of all, I, I just want to say that um, that I I, th- I think that the the major thing that we're not talking about here, or we're not highlighting is that he signed. They both signed because Paul George's contract. He's got two more years left on his contract, so he's going to run out in twenty twenty one. But the fact that Kawhi Leonard changes his deal to to a um, two year plus one. Instead of the full four years, uh, means that that is a move by Paul Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, to put pressure on the Clippers to say, right, you've got two guaranteed years to to go for a championship. If we, if we if within those two years we don't make a Western Conference Finals, we do not go to the NBA Finals to be competitive. Within the NBA Finals, we're leaving, and we're leaving together, which basically. It gives gives the Clippers a shorter time window to win the championship. Although cu- currently they are the favourites to win the championship, they're the best defense defensive team in the league, and currently they're the best offensive team in the league. So, and they're the best. They're probably one of the best two way teams of all time, on paper, because you got Patrick Beverly, who's the best, one of the best defenders. You've got um, Landry Shamit, who is a walking bucket, as in if is probably going to be the JJ Reddick of the 2000 of the 2020s because that guy's a sharpshooter. Um you've got um Paul uh, you got Paul George at small forward and then you've got Kawhi Leonard at at combo forward, not even power forward because you know how positionless um the NBA is right now. And then you've got Montrez Harrell at center and then Orzu Bark depending on the start on if you want to play small ball or big ball. But um, I think just to point out with their starting lineup, their their lineup is like really spaced out because you've got a mix of really good defenders, um players that can shoot like Landry Shamir, Montres Howell who can drive into the key really well and was a really good defender this season. And the and the, fa- and the fact is that Montres Howell's gonna be playing centre next year is really interesting and, and I really like the move because the fact yeah, is... And then you've also got uh, Maurice Harkus if, unless he probably is yeah, off the, the bench fact, and you've got comes... Lou Will who's an amazing sixth man who's won uh, sixth man of the year three times in a the row. The fact is Mo Harkless is a very good defender off the bench so I, I, I think I love the move the Clippers made they've got the best bench in the league because you've still got Mo Harkless, you've got Lou Williams and you've just got key role players like a Zubark, um, like like a Jermichael Green, who is basically a um, a poor man's version of Draymond Green. Um, and yeah, so you've got pieces there, and I definitely think that um, the Clippers are on something really promising, and I know are the best team in the NBA, but I am worried. The the Clippers are because the fact is that when Kawhi originally signed the deal, they were on a four year time frame. Now they're only on a two year time frame, and I'm just scared that if it doesn't work out this season and they don't win the title this season, basically next off season it's going to be 
trading all, all the tradable contracts to create a big three. And I don't want Jerry West to, Jerry West to rush that situation. Anyway, um, I think it's a really good move. Uh, Basketball-wise, I think both, both guys are coming home. And this is now the era of dynamic duos, as we're going to explain later in the podcast. Your thoughts on the trade? Um, I think that, in general, this is a team that could probably make the NBA Finals. Um, and the fact is, how, you've, you've got to say now that uh, Jerry West is an amazing... I mean, we've already said it before, but he, he has I proven think, no, to he, us he's that a, he's... He's the, best, he's the best GM of all time. I mean, h- how possibly you managed to get all that uh, f- uh, free cap space to then trade for Paul George, sign Kawhi Leonard, keep Lou Will and all that team. And you, and then you've got as well, We I think it's a bit underrated. Uh, he's a bit underrated, but I think Doc Rivers... You've got Doc Rivers as a yeah, coach he, who he, this he's season... He's a Hall of Fame coach. No, but I feel like he's he's quite underrated. Uh, yeah, most then... people don't talk about him. How how well he's... How he took a team that didn't even have an all-star to yeah. win against two games in the playoffs against, um, uh, against the Warriors. Doc Rivers cemented his status as a Hall of Fame coach. Um... When he did the back-to-back with the Celtics in 2007-2008. And then came back to the Celtics in 2013. I think... And then from that point, to go to the Clippers and do what he's doing. I think Doc Rivers is... just. I I think at the end of all of this, I think Doc Rivers will go down as, as the best Celtics coach of all time. And... Doc Rivers will go down as the best Clippers coach of all time and making him an under... Un- because he won two championships with the Celtics. And if everything goes right this season, he'll win He'll win a championship with the Clippers. So, realistically, you can't deny him now because he, he would have won a le- minimum, hopefully, three championships with two different teams. So... I honestly think that... Because we've had the Clippers who I don't think they've ever won a championship. And also for the past few years now, they've just been absolutely dreadful. But I think finally... How, how they've been dreadful for the past three years. They've been the best managed team in the NBA. No, but I mean in terms of like not even getting into the playoffs and... Um, you know, just they, bit... they, were, they, they, were, they were still competitive. No, but what I mean is now that they've been, they were in the playoffs last season. They're definitely making the playoffs this season. I think that this, the in general, the Clippers have like stepped up massively. I think Jerry West is the play, the person to mostly credit in this whole, uh, whole situation because with I think without him, then uh, you wouldn't have this team. Yeah, I I agree with you. Which, uh, have you got any final th- final um, comments on the Clippers? Um, I, ju- I just think now that the Clippers need, need to be careful and not rush things. I, th- I think... Although you've got a two-year window, so you've got to be quick. If Imagine by the trade deadline, imagine if, if Paul George hasn't, it, hasn't Paul George or Kyle has an injury before the trade deadline, 
And basically, you're looking in a situation where you're definitely not going to win the championship. And 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 look, we're not going to lie. The Clippers are the second oldest team in the NBA. Which moves on to the next Los Angeles team, who uh, you mentioned before we started that you think that they've been quite underrated this uh, free I, I, agency period. I, th- I, I think... I, th- I think... Because let me just point out, like, before... Um, they signed all these uh, small assets. They only had six players w- within their roster, and now they've got their full thirteen-man squad, which is impressive. And they've signed like really good small assets, which I think uh, is, like you said, pretty underrated. But we'll get into that. Um, um, so first of all, can we kick off with Danny Green? The, um, I think they're starting shooting guard, a top three defensive guard in the league. I think he he's a, he's up there with Patrick Beverly. Um, he's on a very tradable contract as well. So if things don't work don't work out well in the um, four year time span that they have with AD when AD resigns next year, um, then they could easily trade uh, Danny Green for a first round pick because that contract is very tradable. Um, then they resign Pope, with, who let's not. Let's not lie. Uh, Pope used to be a very good defensive player. Then he he tore he tore his Achilles, uh, tore his Achilles like Durant did. No, or, or was it his ACL? One of the two. Anyway, um, he he did a, one of the Warriors injuries, and then basically he basically he came back, signed with the Lakers, and then basically he was he just became a, a spot up shooter, not a consistent one. But he, but he was a spot up shooter, which just be, which is good because you just need shooters around LeBron. But I think he was a bit too selfish last year. He took way too many. When when realistically, he's not that good of a three point shooter. He's better in the mid range, fifteen foot area. Um, then you've got Javale McGee, who who I think controversial take will be the starting center this year. Because realistically, if you've got AD and you've got LeBron and you you don't want to go slow-paced basketball, I think with AD, you want to fit to AD's pace. And I think having an athletic shot-blocking centre who can run, run up and down the floor in JaVale McGee, I, I think, although, although DeMarcus Cousins will average more points, I definitely think that... Both of them will play equal minutes, and I, and I think DeMarcus Cousins will come off the bench, and I definitely think DeMarcus Cousins is a candidate for sixth man of the year next um, this season. Um, then then they they've signed um, they signed other low key free agents, which which just really help Jared Dudley, good good spot up shoot, good spot up shooter in a pick and pop. Uh, and because LeBron's going to be running point, basically those pick and pops are going to be effective to spread the floor. So it's a very spaced out game. And and then again, it's about surrounding shooters with LeBron. And but why why most most intrigued with the, with the Lakers is is Kyle Kuzma going to become an All Star this year? I think that's the biggest question for the Lakers because if Kyle Kuzma can become an All Star. Or can ascend to that all-star type player. They've got that. They've got their big three. 
And technically, if they've got a big three, Kyle Kuzma will still be on his rookie deal in the next three years. So you won't have to give Kyle Kuzma the max for, for another three years. So I, th- I think financially, financially, the Lakers are in a very good situation. Although they're going to have to give um, AD, AD the $250 million max next year. Um, but I, th- I think they're in a good position financially. They've got very tradable assets if it goes wrong. I think um, they're 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 in a very good position. Um, I think they're the second best team in the West. Um, although I do think they've got the better duo, but I think the Clippers have got the better team. But I think the Lakers made really underrated moves, and I could de- and I can honestly see the Lakers going to, going to the finals. I both LA teams, like I've I've got the Clippers this much ahead of the Lakers. But uh, like I'm signal signaling to cripple one up, but it's not by very much. Let's just say that it's they've got a better team, and I I just think that I think what the Lakers suffered is that is that they they waited for Kawhi too long. I think what they should have done they should have signed some some free agents before Kawhi, and they should have signed some after. Because realistically, they could have signed better free agents, like, and they could have signed a. They could, they could have had a shot at a Horford. They could have had a shot at, at um, play. They could have had a shot at a JJ Redick. They could have had a shot at these players if they had made moves earlier. But then again. Both Jerry West and Rob Palinka were just waiting for Kawhi, which which was very smart. But then again, it risks your franchise future only giving you ten days to fill out a roster, which is kind of dangerous. Anyway, your thoughts on the Lakers? Uh, I want to disagree with the, your point about a um, uh, uh, bad thing that they waited to see on Kawhi's decision. I think they still signed. Good, good enough ass, assets that can help uh, around LeBron uh, and Anthony Davis. No, JJ Redick, not, he, he on the uh, first day decided to go onto the Pelicans, not, and not, instead not, of not, instead of getting JJ Redick, they got Danny Green, who can shoot and he can defend. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm saying that if they, if the imagine instead of having a, a Danny Green, imagine having a JJ Redick there and. Yes, I know that Danny Green's more of a two-way player, but JJ Redick is one is the best sharpshooter. He's not the best shooter in the NBA. He's the best sharpshooter. What I mean by sharpshooter is that if that man is coming off the screen for for would you want to risk um, using that cap space on JJ Redick when? Let me uh, word this right. Would you rather use some of that um, cap space on JJ Redick than uh, getting potentially Kawhi making a big three and guaranteeing you pretty much a championship? Yeah, but no, but, the, yeah, but, but why the, would you the, risk that? Yeah, but the Lakers could have signed both JJ Redick and Kawhi because J, because honestly, I think. I, th- I think JJ, JJ Reddick would have taken. Yeah, but then money. they wouldn't have uh, more assets. They probably wouldn't uh, uh, be able to sign assets just like um, 
Jared Dudley, DeMarcus Cousins, although DeMarcus Cousins isn't getting paid that much. Um, and it's non-guaranteed. Avery Bradley, Danny Green. I, I also think Avery Bradley is a super pickup because Avery Bradley, about three years ago, were, were, if we forget, he was was nearly an all-star. He, he, was, he was basically Isaiah Thomas' second star. And then basically he fell off massively because I th- I think Avery Bradley in that Celtic system uh, was made to be that second star to carry Isaiah when Isaiah wasn't in the game. But the fact is the guy can still average 12 points, be a very solid defender and, st- and can still shoot three. So I think Avery Bradley is a very good pickup. But I, d- I definitely think they have tradable contracts in Danny Green and Jared Dudley and Avery Bradley. I think those are very tradable contracts. JaVale McGee, I think... No, honestly, honestly, I think Pope's a very tradable contract. Actually, I'll give they you got, a question. Yeah, I, was, I forgot as well. They've also got Quinn Cook. They re-signed JaVale McGee, which is a decent yeah. backup centre. Yeah, Troy Daniels. But, yeah, but Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels are only there to, to shoot threes. Yeah, They're I not know, there but... to do anything else. Which which is good, but my question to you with the Lakers, I think the real question is: Do you see all? Do you see Kuzma being an All Star this year, and and do you think that Kuzma can become that third person in that big three? And my second question is: Who do you see starting in the center position, JaVale McGee or Demarcus Cousins? And do you see Demarcus Cousins? Anthony Davis. What do you mean? Anthony Davis. Yeah, but who's who's the starting power forward? LeBron. Who's the, who's the starting small forward? Uh, you could put there Danny Green. Or... Danny 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 Green. Wait, Dan, no. Danny Green is six then, three. Then you could put there Jared Dudley or Jared, Jared Dudley is too too fat and too and too big. No, too so? small to be a small forward. No, like, he's, he has... he's cast as a small forward though. No, he, he's, he's played he's, small forward this no, whole season. No, he's played power forward with the Nets. He was their backup power forward. He's even and so. You're telling play. me he can't play he can't play small forward, but he can play power forward. I I'd much rather have Dudley at power forward than I would have. The a fact small is, how and, and, and how, the fact how is, would you ever put, how would you ever put Demarcus Cousins as your starting centre when you saw his performance this season? And you, and you honestly think that he's still and he's that he's going to step up uh, somehow? I still think he can average sixteen points on on somewhat. De- if anything, if anything, it may be Javel McGee, but not Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, but I no no I basically my my starting lineup. If as soon as he came back from his injury, he's 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 not there. I. I, my starting my starting lineup for the Lakers in my mind are LeBron James at point, then you have Danny Green as a starting shooting guard, you have Pope as your small forward because Pope is six six, um, at power forward you have AD and you have Javale McGee at center because Javale McGee. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You didn't just you just miss LeBron out. Le- I said LeBron at point. Oh yeah, LeBron they, did say, they did say yeah, it. Yeah, they've uh, said LeBron's, Le- LeBron's running a point. So, so in my mind, their starting lineup will be LeBron at point. Oh, actually, actually, no, I've got a good lineup for you. The, that Danny Green at shooting guard, Pope at small forward, um, 
Davis at power forward and JaVale McGee is your starting centre. I've got a good uh, lineup for you that does not need JaVale McGee or DeMarcus Cousins in the starting lineup. Quinn Cook at point guard, Danny Green, LeBron, yeah, but Kyle Kuzma, bro, and Aiden. Actually, that actually, 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 wait, actually, wait, wait. I, 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 I can work with that. Basically, basically, you have LeBron at point. You have, you have shooting guard, Danny Green, small forward, Pope, power forward, Kuzma, center, Anthony Davis. I think no, that is your best starting five. Those Danny are your best. You, so you're putting Danny Green on the bench. No, I'm. A, I said LeBron at point, Danny Green shooting guard, Pope. Oh, oh at yeah, you're missing forward. Quinn Cook. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Pope, Pope at small for, Pope at small forward, then Kyle Kuzma at power forward, power forward, and then at center AD. That's you. Those are your best five players. So you put your best five players on the floor. Yeah, and that doesn't require Demarcus Cousins or Javier. Yeah, but I, I, but I completely forgot about Kyle Kuzma for a second. Sorry, but. But I, but I will say that um, that that is your best dying five, and I I don't see how Quinn Cook um, makes the dying five. I, th- I, I think the thing is with Kyle Kuzma, right? I think he can be an all star this year, de- depending on how weak the the all the all star team is this year. The thing is, Kyle Kuzma shows me, and I think a lot of the NBA world that. He, the literally the late first round picks are not necessarily underrated, but they can still they still have loads of potential because Any he, pick he, he was potential. Picked, he was picked twenty seventh right, and I, I'm pretty sure no one ever talked no one talked about him until summer league when he played with uh, Lonzo and then the actual uh, when he was playing during the season. Because I because I think the Lakers gave him freedom to develop his game. I think if he'd gone to any other team, I, I think he he would have been in a. He position. was drafted by Brooklyn, but then it was a trade. Yeah, but um, I, I I still think Kyle Kuzma would have been this good in Brooklyn because Brooklyn would have given him the freedom. If he if he if if he was like drafted to somewhere like the Warriors, he he he'd be a role player coming off the bench. Like literally, he wouldn't have been given that development. If he was drafted to, let's say Houston, he wouldn't have gotten that development because he's not that good of a three-point shooter. So that's, this is why, um, at the time, the Lakers were low level and they weren't really good. This is why, and Brooklyn as well. But this is why um, players like him and just in general, um, really good prospect players fit all the time in in those uh, lower lower level and um i wouldn't say terrible but don't ha- don't usually have a good season teams yeah because with teams like you said the warriors most players would wouldn't fit like if you put zion williamson in the uh, warriors i don't think that would fit of course i wouldn't fit you in it you an idiot yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm just saying, like in general, that players, players like that, that's why they deserve. Um, this is why it's perfect that they go to low, lower level teams. Any final uh, comments on the Lakers situation? Um, no, I've got to say that, that I think they're they're a top four team in the NBA. I think they made good moves. 
I think the biggest question for them is Kyle Kuzma's development. And I, um, but I've got to say that they make good moves. And now onto the juicy section. The Westbrook situation and Chris Paul situation. And then we, we will be out of here. With the Westbrook trade, you have um, him uh, going to the Rockets, who, which I think as soon as Paul George got traded, I heard that um, Harden instantly started, contacted him saying that he should come to the Rockets. Um, the trade was Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, um, two future first-round picks for uh, 2024 and 2026, uh, and future pick swaps for 2021 and 2025. And it, and about half an hour after the trade got finalised, um, Chris Paul's agent um, contacted Sam Presti, um, and uh, and they mutually agreed that um, before preseason training camps, that um, that um, Chris Paul would be traded, which preseason camps start in a week and a half. So. Basically, we know that Chris Paul's going to get traded. So basically, all, all, all they did, it, 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 all this trade was, is that they wanted to do right by Westbrook, and they just wanted to get more draft picks in and unload the massive contract. And then basically, it's going to end up with, with with the Oklahoma being in a situation where they're going to put get more and more tradable contracts they're probably going to get more expiring contracts like Goran Dragic like like a Justice Winslow still on his rookie deal or potentially Dion Waiters on a on a one a one year 12 million expiring so i th- i think you'd i think i think i think by the the start of the season the not only will Oklahoma still be a playoff team in my opinion I still think that Oklahoma right now, um, r- r- right now, wh- whether a Chris Paul trade happens or not, I still think that whatever happens, I think they'll be an eighth seed. They'll be the eighth seed. Who? OKC. Yeah. De- depending on 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 if they get Goran Dragic or not. I disagree. I believe they're not making the playoffs this season. Um. They don't have the right we, players but, to make the playoffs this season. But we both agree that, 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 that they'll be in the best position in the NBA. Of course. They will be in because pretty the, much the, what... Um, the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers have because what the Well, the, Clipper, the Clippers came, came into two seasons ago, tra- traded Chris Paul, traded Blake Griffin, got loads of tradable contracts, and then just waited. And, I think that's and, then, what and then got cap space to sign Kawhi, and you know. And I and I think and I think, I think that's what Sam Presti's going for because he's got multiple draft picks he can trade for future stars. Basically, if a Bradley Beal, if a Devin Booker become become available, and be, and considering that he might, and how Danilo Gallinari may be on the best contract in the league, and how. If it go if it goes badly and they start tanking this season, it, they 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 might trade Danilo Gallinari for more picks, not knowing Sam Presti, and then they can just hoard picks to then trade off, 
and I honestly think the, the Oklahoma are in the best situation in the league. I think it was very smart of Chris Paul's agent to ought to to go straight away to um Sam Presti and go please please trade me. And I think I think it'll work out for all three parties. It works out for the Rockets because they get another isolation scorer. Although although that although those two are, two are ball dominant, and I do see issues with um with um everyone else's um stats going down. I I do also see um I do not see, I do not see Mike D'Antoni is now going to run the play through. Uh, James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook. Basically, all the players will be Russell Westbrook and James Harden isolation plays, and then maybe uh, 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 an occasional lob to Clint Capella if he stays. Yeah, like like, like literally, PJ P, PJ Tucker's gone because they're gonna trade they're gonna trade trade him for cap space. I feel like he. I feel like he might actually. I was gonna say he might go to the Lakers, but yeah, but yeah, but what the. Yeah, but cu- currently, how can the Lakers do anything? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Because... I realise you said trade, it's not free agent. Like, yes, the Lakers are very tradable contracts, but if they do want to get PJ Tucker, they're going to have to give up Danny Green immediately. And why sign Danny Green to automatically trade him for PJ Tucker? Like, li- like literally, I I just think that the Lakers contracts become very tradable near trade deadline because all these contracts become really tradable around the trade deadline in February because you've only got six months left on the contract. And then basically it's, it's an expiring deal. They expire in free agency. You don't have to resign them and they're, and they're cheap. So, so if, uh, but I do think that um, it's going to be a very isolation heavy offense I do not see how Harden or Westbrook average over twenty-eight points. I uh, both I I see Harden potentially averaging twenty-six points, and I and I see Westbrook averaging twenty-two. I do not see how with with Westbrook now on on the roster. Mate, Westbrook James... every every season his shooting is getting worse. I I, I honestly I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't put up 20, more than twenty points. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to shoot more efficiently in the D'Antoni system because it's like it's other I basically the, yeah, the D'Antoni system older, is isolation isolation shoot isolation shoot isolation shoot but but the fact the fact the fact is that I I'm not I'm not trying to defend Westbrook I think he was chucking up shots just for chucking up shots I don't think he was taking the smartest shots and in and the only thing I credit for Dan with D'Antoni is that with D'Antoni, they don't chuck up shots. Of course. Mm. They don't chuck up shots. You, you can't say well, that. Well, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. No, no, no Look no, at what he's done to Harden. That's all no, he does. He just chucks up shots. Yeah, no, because he trusts Harden to do, to do it efficiently. And Harden does do it efficiently. But he still chucks up so many shots. Yeah, but the, the fact... He misses quite a lot of them still. Yeah, but the fact is, he he takes efficient shots. He takes he takes them at efficient spots where he knows he can score them. And I think he'll do the same to Westbrook. The only shots he ever scored, uh, sh- shot and scored were step back three pointers and uh, the occasional drive to the rim. I I I I think I think um 
this now makes the Warriors the best draw, the best team of the. I think this confirms the um, the um, Rockets to be the team that will visit the foul line the most next season. Um, honestly, maybe Milwaukee has that because of how of how dominant Giannis be, uh, evolves again. Giannis always evolves. Um, but I, I honestly think Houston. You never know. To be honest, he might, he might drop off. Um, I no, I honestly don't see how Giannis drops off. I don't think he will, but he, you never know. He yeah, might, but, he yeah, might drop. What, what's your description of Giannis dropping off? Like him not improving and him staying at the same level? No, him just maybe getting worse and, and not yeah, putting how, up the numbers he uh, how he did can in his a, MVP season. How can a twenty-five year year old drop off? No. All I all I'll say all I'll say is that is that Giannis. It's the right, NBA. Yeah, but right right now, all I can see Giannis is doing is for Giannis the dis- a disappointing season for Giannis is averaging the same stat line without improving. If Giannis does not average, because Giannis was averaging twenty six points, if Giannis doesn't average around twenty eight points, I think he'll be disappointed. Because because technically now Malcolm's Brogdon, Brogdon gone, that's that's a fifteen point scorer gone off the roster, and I th- and I think that 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 means more touches for Giannis and more touches for Middleton. Basically, I can definitely see uh, Middleton. Um, they signed Wesley Matthews. Yeah, but yeah, but the fact is Malcolm Brogdon was was not. Yeah, but Wesley Matthews has never been an efficient three-point shooter. He's a good three-point shooter. Probably, he's still probably going to chuck up shots. And he's still probably yeah, going to want the ball. He's not going to do then. as efficient as Brogdon did. Brogdon, like, he is, is, the, is the only player in, in NBA history for two seasons in a row to shoot, to shoot 50% from three. No, to shoot 50% overall, 40%, 42% from three. And and then and then shoot ninety percent from the free throw line, and basically Malcolm Brogdon was the most efficient was the was the most efficient point guard in the league last season, and I and and you're you're replacing him with George Hill, a th- a thirty six year old point guard who who re- realistically can I can, I don't see George Hill averaging over ten points next season. So, and George Hill's your backup point guard. I, I can see him averaging ten points at best. Wesley Matthews will average about twelve points. He'll he'll chuck up shots. He'll do it inefficiently. He'll sc- he he won't. He, but the fact is, Malcolm Brogdon scored fifteen to eighteen points efficiently, and that's and that's what why the Bucks thrived. And the fact is that that. That I think Giannis becomes more efficient next season, and Gian- and Giannis, I think Giannis averages twenty eight to thirty points next season. I don't, and and before you say Harden, 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 I do not see with the touches that, and how and how, ball dominant Westbrook is, and how iso- isolation heavy that offense is going to be shared. I don't, I don't know how Harden averages over twenty five points. I I think both, and I think and I think with Russell Westbrook will average twenty two points, and I think, no, and I honestly think, and I honestly think that that Houston currently will finish a. I think I think Houston will be the fifth seed. 
think the Warriors, the fourth seed, the, the Jazz, the third seed, the second seed, the Lakers, and the, and the first seed, the Clippers. That's how I currently have the West. And then, and, and then the sixth, the eighth seed, I have New Orleans, Oklahoma, and Sacramento. That's, that's currently how I see the West. Any, 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 anyway, um, we're going to do our playoff predictions, M- MVP predictions, award predictions then next week. So be on the lookout for that. And, and season, did you mention season preview as well? Basically, that is a season preview, like playoff predictions, season preview. And, but, um, and I think the final topic before we go is um, the Chris Paul trade request. So, what are your thoughts on the? I, I touched on it a little, but what do you think about Chris Paul requesting a trade immediately after being traded to OKC? I did see something that I think Shams uh, said or reported that um, that OKC management didn't want to see um, Chris Paul in a OKC jersey. Yeah, but basically they did the trade just to get the picks and. And just to trade, I think uh, I think that's that's perfect right now. To um, if if they get Gorg- they could put, they could probably get Gorg- Gorgon Dragic if um, if they if he, if they, if they trade him to Miami, and I think yeah, but, along yeah, with th- Goran Dragic they'll probably get draft picks, which is increasing, um, like uh, what's the word? Trade assets. The, trade assets and just. And the fact that Danilo Gallinari is on the They're going to be put in this, pretty much the same position as the Clippers uh, have been for a while. I think, I, I, and I'm, I'm actually really excited for this. I, I, and, I, and I think, I, I think there's a strong case to be made that OKC may be the winners of this, of the, of the NBA summer, of the summer. I, I think in terms of the future, uh, yes. But I, I, th- general, I, th- I think I, it's no, but, yeah, but the moves they made, the moves that people have made. I think the top five teams that have made that have been successful with moves are um, the top five. My top five winners of free agency are the Clippers, the Lakers, um, Philadelphia, Miami, and OKC. Those are my five winners. Um, do you want to throw out your five winners? And then we'll do our five losers, and then we'll finish it. Um, of this, I think... It, it, so, so just to rem- remind you, my winners are the Clippers, the Lakers, Miami, OKC, and... So, Clippers, Lakers, Miami... Because we're assuming that Chris Paul's going to Miami because that's the only place he can he can get traded to. Although apparently Philly's interested in apparently, apparently uh, Stephen A has said on Twitter that he want that he wants to see Chris Paul in Philadelphia, but I don't see that happening. But so I, my top no, five. No, no, my, so, no, so that reminds me, my top five is Philadelphia, Lakers, Clippers, Miami, OKC. I think I pretty much agree with you. Although, are we talking about only the? Like, um, just, are we talking about free only free agency winners? No, we're just talking about NBA summer, including the NBA draft. Because I think you could argue the Pelicans. For me, it's although although although, although the Pe- Pelicans are my team. Um, no, I I I. 
the, the fact the fact is my fifth spot goes is in between OKC and New Orleans. I'm having a hard time deciding. Like because New Orleans have so many young assets. They signed JJ Redick as well. Um who who else did they get? I I'm I can't remember who else they got, but I know they did get someone else. Um but anyway, I, my top five is probably um the Clippers, Lakers, um uh, okay, my... this is what this is what I said about my New Orleans Pelicans. In it, at the start of the NBA season, I will change. I will swap um, New Orleans and OKC only if Zion loses the weight. Yeah, that that that's that's the big. Um, that's the big question. Because uh, it's it's. But, but it's Seth, I think it's too early to say. Seth Greenberg said it best. Zion currently for the powerful position is overweight. Thing is. I I don't know. It's it's definitely too early to say, but he's not a bust. He's not a bust. We can and we and the fact is, Seth Greenberg said the best on when he was playing. When he was playing that um, eight or nine minutes, he scored eleven points. Eleven points on de- and, on decent efficiency. Yeah, and um, he I think he was four of six uh, shooting, and no, it might it couldn't be four of six. But anyway, um, but the fact is. He, I think he is going to be really injury prone, especially with how how heavy he is. Yeah, but 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 that's the fact why David Griffin so, sidelined him into in the whole of summer league because for the summer now all that they want to do is they want to have to have him lose twenty pound twenty pounds of the actual because realistically everyone's saying oh no his body like so like most of his muscle no no he's, he is pretty chubby he, he's pretty chubby Seth Greenberg said it best he's and I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be fat shaming or anything. He's overweight for the powerful position, and I and I think, and I I think it's unex. I'm not taking shots at him as a Pelicans fan, but to st- to come into summer league training a week before summer league and being three hundred and two pounds, and then having to lose and having to lose n- nearly twelve pounds before the start of summer league. Ju- just when he sort of started playing again, or just because apparently after after uh, because at the pre-draft workouts he was two hundred eighty-five pounds. After the draft and it, in between summer league training, he was three hundred two pounds, and at the start of summer league he was around two hundred ninety. So, I think that's just unacceptable. But to come into summer league preseason summer league. At three hundred pounds, I just think is just unacceptable. And I think before before it on October the twenty sixth, Zion needs to be around two hundred and sixty pounds. I do not see how how he can compete at anything above two hundred and sixty pounds. And personally, I would prefer him to be at two fifty because he's yeah because LeBron LeBron is two fifty two sixty. So, no, I mean, it's clear to see that it may be, it is probably because I think it's because of the weight, but he he could be injury prone, and especially in the powerful th- position, and and because he's so um, physical, physical and ball dominant, I think that it's important that uh, he loses that weight. Well, what do you think about him coming into preseason training at three hundred and two pounds? 
Well, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm pretty much saying it that he need he like he needs to lose weight. That's too much for him at six foot seven. Like it might sound, it, he he might sound like sound tall to the people that don't often watch basketball. But six foot seven is small for in a, NBA uh, in, in NBA uh, for, for, for a power forward. forward. And the fact is, to weigh three hundred pounds is too too much. He's the second heaviest player at six foot seven. Like that—that's not right. And the heaviest player in the NBA is three hundred and ten pounds. And, and yeah, like but you the, said the, before that you might see you might see that he's got loads of muscle, but realistically, there is quite a lot of chub there as well. So, so, so I will say my top five is Clippers, Lakers, Miami, OKC, Philadelphia, and then OKC and New Orleans are interchangeable if Zion loses the weight. Your top five. Um, basically, same Clippers, as mine. Lakers, Philly, Miami. If they do make, if they do get um, Chris Paul, and it is between, yeah, I, I agree with you. OKC okay, um, then, yeah. OKC and um, Pelicans. Although, um, I could say that maybe the Celtics. How? The- no, I I would put Brooklyn over the Celtics. Oh yeah, sorry, Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't know why I said the Celtics. Bees. Anyway, t- your top five losers. Uh, you Atlanta. Start because I started with the winners, and then Atlanta, because they haven't made any any trades anyway. Um, I, I I think what they're waiting for is the development of Trey Young. Um, Phoenix. Oh yeah, definitely. They're re-signing? Do they? No, they didn't re-sign. Do they Kelly Oubre? Yeah, they re-signed Kelly Oubre to a massive contract. I, I still don't Two, think that. Two hundred and fifty million for Kelly Oubre. No, um, fifty million over two years. That that means that Kelly Oubre, who was on a veteran's minimum contract two years ago, go. Is going to earn fifty million over the next two years. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I, I think he's been overpaid. Um, so Phoenix. Um... Phoenix. I think Kelly Oubre is the most overpaid player in the M- <sighs> NBA right now. Um, so I've got. A, so I don't really know. I don't really know. Who... So you've got you've got Phoenix. I know I've definitely got Phoenix and Atlanta. Phoenix, Atlanta, Boston. No, I don't think so because they've still got Kemba Walker, still got Jason Tatum. And they've they, got what's his and name? They've still got, um, and they've still got some tradable assets. What's I can't remember what his name is. Um, Jalen Brown. No, the the player that they drafted. Um, Romeo Langford. No, the other one. Um, Carson Edwards. No. Um, uh, the one that played for Tennessee was that Romeo Langford? No. Yeah. No. Um, no. I don't. Because they they drafted Romeo Langford, Carson Edwards, Awifadu. Is that is that the guy you were talking about? Uh, I that's am the third guy they drafted. Grant Williams. That's it. Grant Grant Williams. Um, G- good switch. I mean, they've, they've got Romeo Langford as well. Um, have you? I, and I will honestly say this. I after think watching I... Bra- after watching Brandon Clark summer league. The guy, the way you know, Brandon Clark was was my my favorite big man in, in because I said it when we were doing the mock draft. I thought you, I thought your favorite big man's now. Um, what's his name? 
Um, Jackson Hayes, but, yeah. but I wasn't sold on Jackson Hayes. Until um, you saw him play. <laughs> until I saw him play. Because I... I'm, I, and my big worry with Jackson Hayes is that he's two hundred. He's two hundred and twenty pounds as a centre, and he's an undersized centre. Basically, he's the opposite of Zion. And I, I, I honestly think um, Hayes needs to gain some muscle because mm. he's, he's a lanky centre. But, but I've got to say that my favourite big man prospect is Brandon Clark. I don't, I don't understand how he was not a lorry pick. What the guy, the the way that he switched. On Taco Fool, the, the way he switched on Rui Hashimura, the guy, the guy, the guy might be the best switch defender and better than Draymond Green at switching within the next three years. Taco Fool was the big name in the summer league this season. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Brad Stevens said it best. Didn't you see it, Brad Stevens on commentary? Um, I I did I didn't like listen to him fully, but I did hear him. He was on commentary. Um, but Brad Brad Stevens said. Um, yeah, Taco no, he did say that, that to send him to the G League, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Taco Fool is going to spend two years guaranteed in the G League. He said the Taco Fool's a project, and that he doesn't see Taco Fool in the NBA playing playing backup minutes for at least t- three to five years because he needs to be in the G League. He needs to gain some muscle. He needs he needs to work on his coordination because still Taco Fool finds it hard. To catch a ball. Have mm. you seen it? Like because in transition, Taco Fall can't catch a ball. True. Because he's so big uh, and he gets so disoriented because he he's like so much off the ground. And but um also I need to send you the leaked um, footage of Bobo dominating a um but a uh, nugget scrimmage. I- is he actually going to play in the um, um, no, he, summer he's league? Gonna, he, he's going. Bobo Bobo's not not going to play in the summer league, and um, Bobo will miss the start of the season. Um, with the Nuggets, um, Michael. Oh, Kevin Porter Jr. and not Mike Michael Porter Jr. Is he missing as well at the start of the season? Um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. will will um be back in late November. Because I want to see him play, man. I do, I do, I really the, do. The guy's injury prone. The guy, the, I think the guy. I'm pretty sure he literally injury. just recovered from his injury, and he's already got, he's got another injury, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't turn out to be a, the new Markel Fultz. Hmm. That is true. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh, so, so, so you, so you've got Suns, Boston. So who who are your last two losers? No, not Suns, Boston. Um, Atlanta, Boston. Uh, Atlanta, Phoenix. Boston. Not really. I don't think the Boston's lost in here. I really don't think that um, Boston loses in uh, this off season. I don't think they they're the best. Uh, they they haven't had. I mean, no, I, I think they're they're average at best. I think I think though. Uh, a big loser is um, what are they called the Raptors. Yeah, but they, they, yeah, I've got to say, but I think that they're in a very good position because they've got good expiring contracts. And Pascal, and Pascal Siakam could have a breakout year. Actually, I could argue uh, um, before I say uh, another win that I want. I forgot about um, Charlotte as well. 
So you've got you've got Charlotte, Atlanta, Charlotte, Phoenix, Atlanta, Phoenix, um, Toronto, Toronto, and what's your last loser? My last loser. Before I, do, before I do mine, I'm going to say maybe Washington. Mm. Yeah, but we could only we could only I honestly I can honestly say we can only judge Washington once they get an actual GM. Mm. They still yeah, haven't the hired a still, GM. They still lost, and um... the, fa- the fact is, it's funny that they haven't actually hired a GM. Mm. But while while I will say that Rui Hashimura looks so good on defense. And he just looks so lanky. Oh, hang on! I just I just realised that Atlanta did make a few signings. They got Alan Crabb, Damian Jones, Chandler Parsons, and Evan Turner, and Jabari Parker. It was no, he wasn't there before. No, he wasn't there before. But I only still think I still think they lose though. Yeah, but yeah, but they've got good players. Chandler Parsons goes from having one of the biggest contracts in NBA history to being bought out, rightly so. Uh, but anyway, I was going to say for one What's of my winners. Uh, What's your last loser? Because you need I'm going to say Washington. I'm going to say Washington. Yeah, Washington. But, uh, I forgot one winner actually. Dallas. I wouldn't. I don't think I put them top five. But I, I, I would maybe six. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. They brought back Seth Curry. Um, they signed Boban. Um, they gave Chris Tapps a big contract. Uh, no, no, because they, 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 because, because they were, they were already going to give him the rookie max anyway, because he was still on his rookie deal. Chris Tapps. Um, but who, the, I know they did make a few more signings, but I can't remember exactly who. Delon Wright. That's what it was. Yeah, good. Um. And calling me, but they got that before, uh, and I think that's it. So my wi- my losers, um, Houston, because mm. the the what the reason I say this is that is that you could have blown up the whole roster and and had a Jimmy Butler had. Had wouldn't have worked. I know, but it, I I prefer the Jimmy chemistry Butler. wise. It wouldn't have worked. I I prefer the Jimmy Butler than Russell Westbrook. They 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 could they could they could have tra- they could have traded for more assets. They could they could have surrounded a whole new team around James Harden because that that was the plan. But Daryl Morey backed out the last minute because he couldn't find anyone to trade to. Um, they they failed to get Bradley Beal. They they failed to get Jimmy Butler. Um, they um they Westbrook was their last resort. Um, um, but I think the big the, their biggest loss is that um D'Antoni is still their coach. Ooh. I think that's that's their biggest loss. And I th- but who would I you was- replace him with? Um, Mike Brown, um, Byron Scott, um, any half, half half decent NBA coach that will actually play, the that will actually be, that will 
coach defense because the fact is D'Antoni doesn't even coach defense. He 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 gets that, that other guy to coach defense for him. He's that lazy. And half his coaching staff has been sacked, which basically means that it's a slight nudge to him that if by if by the NBA trade dead, trade deadline you're not doing so well, or by the All Star break you're not doing so well, D'Antoni, we can just give you a tiny shove and then you can go. Because I honestly think if the Rockets are not a top five seed in in the West by by the All Star break, D'Antoni will be sacked. Mm. So, so Houston, but will they will they do well with? Um, uh, a new coach, like you said, um... because I think I think they will because I think the new coach will will will, will see the potential in a Russell Westbrook, Clint, Clint Capella. Slash... I don't think you can't. I, there's there's a limited. I think there's a limited amount of options that you can do with that backcourt of Harden and Westbrook. I honestly do. Yeah, but yeah, but the, the fact the, the fact is is it will be less jarring for an offense to be every time you come up to be a Russell Westbrook isolation, a James Harden isolation, a James Harden step back, a a inefficient Westbrook three. So it will be. I would honestly prefer that uh, prefer a more spaced out offense with that backcourt than a than than a isolation heavy offense in Houston, which is going to be, which is going to be that for the first start of the year, hopefully. Um, so I've got Houston, I've got Phoenix. Of I think course. it's I would I've argue. Got Charlotte, I've got um, I've got, I've got, I've got Charlotte, and I've got Houston, Charlotte. Um, who else did you say? Wizards. Uh... I honestly think Atlanta made decent moves, and they're waiting for the for the development of Trey Young. So I'm I'm just gonna leave, leave them there, I'm not, and then I think Washington because why aren't I know they haven't got a GM, but I think Washington Washington should just trade Bradley Beal on his own because recent reports per Woj have come out and said that if the um, Washington will only trade Bradley Beal while including John Wall in the trade, but the the fact is John Wall. John Wall, along with Russell Westbrook, and along with Chris Paul, all three of those players are on the worst contracts in the NBA. I honestly think John Wall's the most overpaid player in the NBA because I don't really. I don't even think John Wall's an All Star anymore. I th- I think in the right system he can be an All Star, but I think Bradley Beal is the true star of that system, and I just think the the Wizards need just to give up. Um. Anyway, John Wall's going to be out all of next season. They, they, uh, the Wizards have confirmed it. So basically, it's going to be Bradley Beal on his own again for another season. He's going to have nothing to do. I think, I, th- I th- no, he's going to have n- nothing to work with. Rather, um, they've lost their backup point guard in Satoransky to the Bulls, which I think was a mate. Uh, they've lost their backup point guard that filled in for John Wall, and I think he was a major reason why they stayed afloat. And I think Sasaransky should have been considered for sixth man of the year. Um, um, and I honestly think Rui Hashimura is the only reason to look forward to Wizard basketball. And I honestly think um, they they should just hire a GM and just just be less of a be le- less of a holes and just trade. 
Bradley Bill and get draft picks and get tradable contracts in return so they can actually rebuild. Before we finish up, um, I want to ask you something. What? What do you think is going to happen with Carmelo? Not going to make an NBA roster. Ooh. He can't make the Lakers now. They've got 13 people. Can't make the Clippers, got 13 people. Can't make the Knicks, got 13 people. What other team is he going to go on? Back to Houston, I don't think so. Back to Oklahoma, no. Is he going to get on to any contender? No. Is he going to get on any playoff team? The only playoff team that I can see him going to is Miami. I honestly think he should just retire. Or 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 he goes play. He 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 go because he's already been offered two contracts from Shanghai and Beijing. I honestly think he should just go and try to play a year there. No, I think if anything, just maybe just go to uh, China and then retire because I don't think he's he hasn't got a career play, anymore. Play play one season in China because in China you'll you'll be the most play you'll be the most pay player in the league. But the thing is, he 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 won't be he he won't have a career anymore uh, in I, in the like, NBA. He's past it now. Like yeah, it's, like, it's official. Like, he's not he's like, not good enough. Like it it like the only thing that would have given me hope for Carmelo is that if the Lakers hadn't signed that thirty if the Lakers hadn't signed that thirteenth guy in um um if they if they if they not. Um, signed Taylor Hall to Tucker if they'd not made that second round pick and if they'd not re-signed um, no they'd not re-signed um, um, Pope I definitely think he uh, or Quinn no Quinn Cook was the 13th guy if they hadn't re-signed Quinn if they hadn't signed Quinn Cook and that 13th spot would would, would still have been available I would have said Carmelo would have would have by now been a Laker because he can he can obviously be a shooter off the bench, but n- now that that Laker spot isn't open, the only spots that are open in the league right now are in Atlanta, um, are in Atlanta, no Milwaukee's full up, um, Atlanta and Chicago, those are the only people that have got a thirteenth spot left. Can I just say, because I'm looking at the roster right now, and um, if I'm if if I'm correct, um, this this is their their roster right now. Who? LeBron, AD, AD uh, Pope, Avery Bradley, Danny Green, uh, Jared Dudley, Rondo, Cousins, Stevens, uh, Lance Stevenson. Troy Daniels, Kuzma, Quinn Cook, and JaVale McGee. That's 13. But that leaves um, Alex Caruso uh, and four other players, which I think are rookies. Yeah, and and they're on the free agent market. Right. Okay. So, basically, basically, the only only place that... There are only four teams in the NBA that, that... on full up, and that's Atlanta. Off the top of my head, I can only think of Atlanta and Chicago and and Charlotte. Those are the only places 
that have a spot available. He's still no. I don't. I, he. It, there's there's no more talk about it. He he shouldn't. He's he's out. Like he is not fit for the NBA anymore. He's too old. He's not got the shooting that he used to have. He's not got the. Um, I mean, when he was playing, he was um, shooting too many, um, too many mid-range shots and threes. He, he's just he's done. I'm sorry. Uh, and what he said, he's he, not like it. they can. There's many teams that can have many players uh, left to still fill. He's he he's definitely not one of them. And he's and he's already said his main target now is getting Kyan Anthony, who is who is the best. Who's one of the best eighth graders in the planet on the planet, and and is currently the projected number one pick in two thousand twenty five. So, because be, Kai and Anthony may be the best thirteen year old on the planet, you just need. And I and I think he's I think Carmelo Anthony, due, due his credit, I think he's trained Kai and ultimately really well, and I think that's what he wants to do. And apparently, he's going to become Kai and's coach, a uh, personal coach for basketball. Full time. Uh, he's twelve, by the way. Well, the, yeah, but the the fact he, is, he's Kai, the same. He's the same age as my brother. Yeah, but Kyan Anthony is the best twelve-year-old on the planet. Like uh, people, people have already said that he is he is the best twelve-year-old, twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old on the planet, and he is about just to turn thirteen. So, realistically, Kai, I think Kai, honestly, I think in a few years where we're gonna have an NBA where Kyan Anthony, um, you're gonna have LeBron J. You're gonna have Bronny James, Kyan Anthony. Oh, that's Sam gonna be Wade. fun. And Zaire Wade. But I honestly think out of all three, the best score, the best player out of them is um Zaire Wade. So far, the best prospect. I I honestly think. The best prospect is Kyan, Kyan Anthony because what I've seen about Kyan, his sh- his shooting form is fluid, and I honestly think, and I honestly think everything that's been said about him, him being one of the best basketball players in New York at 12 years old, he goes to one of the best high schools in New York, he's he's the number one option on the number one basketball high school team in New York. So, and he's average. For a twelve-year-old, he's averaging something like twenty-eight points on really good shooting, and I honestly think Kyan's got one of the best potentials going forward. And I think Carmelo Anthony's done a very good job training him. So I think you just you should focus on Kyan Anthony and and stop focusing on a, on a professional career. And it, and anyway, he's and and anyway, he's got a whole family drama because didn't you see the whole drama about him being with a French model on a yacht? Who? Um, Carmelo. No, but I, speaking of yachts, I did see uh, Kyle Kuzma with Kendall Jenner on a yacht. But, but basically, suggesting Gen- that they might be dating. Kendall Jenner is using Kyle Kuzma as her rebound to get over Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons dumped dumped her uh, about a month before the playoffs. Huh? I'm pretty sure I saw her in the. Uh, Cheering for him in the playoffs. No, apparently, apparently the the serious relationship ended at the end of the at the at the end of the start of the season, and apparently they were on and off in the playoffs. Um, Social media slide up right now. 
uh, Brainu for the people listening, it's Brainu podcast, uh, Brainu underscore podcast underscore blog for the Instagram, uh, Twitter at Brainu. Uh, the website is up, but the blog isn't uh, functioning at the moment because we uh, have technical difficulties. But we will sort that out soon. We keep saying that, but we will uh, sort that out soon. Um, I don't think we've got anything left to say. Uh, we will see you all next week for our next Brain No podcast. And make sure you stick t- uh, to watch on Friday a very uh, a new show, which you will find out then. Anyway, from and by, one. And by the time that we come back, Chris Paul would have been traded. So, bye-bye. See ya.